A young man, Eller Coltrane, travels across the western U.S. with a handheld recorder, gathering sounds. This is By the River. Episode 5. Eller travels into Colorado, adventures to 8,800 feet, and finally through the Continental Divide. Back in the 70s, that's the boulder I would have liked to live in, because um, that's when it was still fairly unknown, but there was all of a sudden a big influx of just hippies and vagabonds all of a sudden. Um, and that's when it really got the like, boulder spirit. Because before that, it was just a university and a mining town. But now, a lot of people from California are moving here. And it's not bad, it's just changing a lot. to the river in ones, couples, and groups, to all of us, silent, smiling inward or outward, expectant, the dusk, rich and purposeful, bloated, insects hum, humble, a stir, stirring, joy well, the river speaks grateful, we ease in, overcome. devices on us that would allow you to communicate and send voice and photo travel over it. We basically described like a smartphone. There's a little chip thing that you can wow. now operate stuff across the room with. Yeah. That one guy that, well, was that one guy across the world used the mechanical yeah. hand? Oh, yeah, yeah, his, that's the implications of that. His hand that didn't work was able to control and Kirkswell, the, do, the guy that Kirkswell, the, the yeah. keyboard guy. Yeah, he singularity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he could have a hand, a person who couldn't use their hand, control in real time a robot yeah. arm yeah. across the planet. Yeah, China China or something. yeah, that's crazy. That's 
are human beings ready to exercise the amount of self-control that's necessary no. to interact with our technology in a no. bountiful way? Clearly not when you're going down the highway and everyone's like, Clearly not that. Slow down. Yeah. <laughs> We're about to go back to the other. We're way. already all it's cyborgs. Be one of the, yeah. so like, they're not physically attached to us, yeah, but, but we're like we have. We're, we're, we're choosing we're, to we attach have, it we're to modified. It. It's basically we're attached. All modified. Yeah. This is like that everything in moderation. Like, like thou shalt not be a glutton of but moderation's anything, not including fun. technology. Right, I know. <laughs> but but like, it's like it's, it it's the most seems to be like the most addictive like, thing of all time. Yeah. Like, no one can resist. Well, now they have like Wi-Fi built into cars. You think that like there'd be like actions to make it so that you have less technology accessibility in a car? So that's an interesting question. Cause that's the psychology of like we're gonna do it anyway. So let's make it safe. That's like that parenting yeah. thing. It's like they're gonna be drinking anyway. I'll just buy them alcohol. Yeah. Shit, yeah, and like when all this, when all this shit crumbles away, it's just like that's all we're gonna be left with, you know. And it's So this is a geodesic greenhouse dome. So I'm just, you know, fascinated every day by what I find with experimenting with plants. This is pomegranate, the dwarf pomegranate variety. And this one is called fehoa. And then of course fig. This is a key feature of the dome. An above ground pond, it heats and cools the space basically. The water is able to hold the sun's energy during the day and then release it at night. And that also works in the broader view across seasons with cooling the space in the summer and then also keeping it in the Seems like any experience I've had working with plants, it's like it's always, I mean, it's, it was nothing like this, but 
just even just digging holes and putting stuff in the ground, you know, it's primal, it's really, it's so direct, you know, and it, it's like, that's really, I mean, it's amazing what you said about, because I've thought that so many times, just about the, that amazing cognitive kind of dissonance and disconnect that comes from the economic system and that the method of survival that we all kind of subscribe to, you know, that it's just so, it's so hard to really associate the energy that you're putting into your life with your sustenance and your, like, because there's this whole weird barrier of money and, like, it's different for everybody, but sure. especially if you're working for some big company or in an office or whatever, it's just like, how can you associate that subconsciously with the food on your table and the roof over your head? It's, it's I don't know, it seems pretty abstract in a way. Like, it's, it's weird that it's rare to be connected with yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah, we, we, we get hungry every day. You know, we eat food every single day. Like, why wouldn't we know how to grow something? That's the way I look at it. I know, it is. It's so, I mean, it's, it's just that, I don't know, just that kind of division just between ourselves and everything, I think. You know, there's just this kind of, we place ourselves so outside of, like, our entire realities, you know, that we are these like separate beings kind of entering into this like external world external world instead of just like being a part of it the monetary and the economic system like contribute to that but it's also just everything and just like a way that we've chosen to approach reality for a long time I think you know it's like I don't know it's like, where did that I wonder where that where that separation originates like it's because it's so deep, it's so deeply ingrained into humanity at this point, like, to, to be, I mean, if not at odds with, like, nature, at least just, like, removed from it. At the same time as, like, our individual consciousness kind of gives us the, like, has given, you know, rise to this weird separation, we wouldn't even be able to appreciate, like, I don't know, appreciate our place in the world if we didn't have that like that individual personality that does kind of separate us from you know from our reality i wonder if you think about like a you know a tree that's a part of a forest or an ant that's a part of a colony it's like do they experience anything other than the whole you know thing? Ah. it's like than the whole like you know unit and if there's a you know the hive mind or the whole of nature or whatever it is it's like the separation, it's like, also gives us the ability to, to feel these things and like, you know, understand in like an emotional way this connection to, you know, to nature and, and the universe because, because we're so one with it, but we're also separate from it in this weird way. Yeah, and just seeing those different perspectives, I think, is important. We're not getting too locked in one, right? We're probably not gonna like a you know, change, make this drastic change, like just like individually ourselves, but but to be just a part of that process, you know. And it's like if you can heal yourself a little bit, it's like that's you know, 
that's humanity healing. You're healing, you're healing humanity. And that's okay, like, that's a beautiful thing, just to progress, just keep progressing, whether you reach some plateau, if, like, if that even exists or not. It's, like, just to, to be growing, you know, and growing for yourself, but also growing for the rest of, the rest of humanity, because it's kind of the same thing. teacher he also says to be a fruit of the tree of humility you hear that balm i bet you think that is hilarious but i think it sounds nice the creek bed is rather like a swollen fruit on a swollen limb of a swollen humility tree a leafy tree the once sweet fruit falls and things begin again the life cycle the wheel is invented by a neanderthal another ruler falls has his feet ripped from his legs by an angry mob of farmers, dancers, and earth movers. A kid writes a blog called The Uncle Milty of Everything. I have seen it all, and can attest. Mountains collapse. Mountain cats howl like screaming human beings. My teacher shudders at the thought of Justin Stone's creek bed. Cooking grease generators emit an awful smell. I will tell you that much in confidence. And they are loud, but the energy lasts for hours and the din is like the tumult of initial creation. Things jump and leap from it, compose themselves, or so I find. Sweet, buttery concoctions that taste of the lost one name of God. Tomorrow, lists, commandments, declarations, amendments to the declarations, a joke or two. Tonight, gentle cradling, lullabies, cooing. What else? Certain things are afoot, others are underfoot. Movies are getting made. Can you believe it? You may see this one, you may not. It might have a weird rating, and it might star people you would not want to take home. And one of them is a very famous place that we're coming up to right now called the Big Ten Curves. And this is an area where the railroad does a series of uh, very sharp back-to-back -back curves in order to gain elevation as we begin our ascent up the Rocky Mountains. If you look to the left, you'll be able to see some train cars up on the hill. We will be there shortly. Those train cars are actually there as a windbreak for those times in the spring and the fall when the wind blows at 100 miles an hour plus in this foothill region. And then we'll go to another layer of track above that. If you look forward, you'll be able to see two lines that we're going to be traveling on as we weave back and forth, and then finally into the tunnel district. The best viewing will start on the left, move to the right, go back to the left, and then finally to the right for about the next 30, 40 minutes on our way up to the Moffat Tunnel at 9,300 feet above sea level and the Continental Divide. Thank you.
have been listening to By the River, source audio by Kevin Ford and Eller Coltrane, music and sound design by Brian Dillon and Mike Barnhart. For more episodes, please subscribe.